Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. I'm Peter. I'm a surveyor, teacher and podcaster in my spare time. If you haven't listened before, welcome. Please take the time to go back and listen to some of the amazing stories of surveyors from across the world. If you would like to join me for a chat or know of someone you would like to hear from, you can send me a message. The link is in my show notes, my bio on all social media sites, or you can contact me from my website, petercox.com. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and come join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. My guest today is Ryan Barry. Ryan is a project survey manager with Pacific Survey based in Bathurst. His latest project is the Mitchell Highway Upgrades. Ryan holds a Diploma of Surveying from the Cape Peninsula University of Technology in Africa with 12 years of experience in the industry, focusing mainly on the civil construction industry, working on iconic major road and infrastructure projects. Growing up, Ryan wanted to be an architect, He's had a few jobs throughout his life, but sees surveying as his career. In his spare time, Ryan enjoys playing soccer, cricket, and loves to have a beer. So it sounds like a typical surveyor, outdoors, sports, and beer. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Peter, for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So my, I think you are my first South African. Oh, that's the first. That's good. It uh, is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um. So can I ask, um, how long have you been in Australia? So we've been in Australia since 2018, uh-huh. 2018, just about four years. Uh, we got here July 2018, so okay, so just over four years. And uh, that has been an adventure on its own because we came over, uh, my wife came over 31 weeks pregnant. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so wow. new country. First time parents and just ah, that's a that's a story on its own. That's, yeah, well, I think we'll we'll touch on that a little bit yeah. later. So, so four years, about four years in the country now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Okay. So you were born in Cape Town, South Cape Africa. Cape Town. Yep. yep. Born and raised. And my first flight out of Africa was this flight to come to Australia. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> crazy. Very crazy. All right. So tell me, what was it like? growing up in South Africa. It would be uh, very new to a lot of people listening to the podcast. Not knowing Yeah, um, so we're uh, from a part of South Africa called Cape Town. Visually, it's natural beauty. It's, it rivals anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, mountains on one side of most roads and the ocean on the other side. So oh, beautiful. And beautiful real estate and uh, just an awesome climate and um, Cape Town itself has also got its own melting pot, lots of um, multicultural nationalities mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And growing up there, um, so my family, uh, we were sort of on the, you know, you get the well-off, then you get the middle class, and we were just sort of below the middle class. So it was a colorful experience uh-huh. in that sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, it was um, financially, maybe it was a bit challenging, yeah. but... Um, but I, well, honestly, I can say the way my parents raised us, we were never, I never felt poor or mm-hmm. uh, we actually felt wealthy <laughs> <laughs> up, uh, just because of your know, friends and 
and yes. the family and the support and the structures that my parents um, put the heart to, to instill in us. So, yeah. so yeah, growing up, fun, lots of friends, lots of crazy memories, um, all part of growing and living. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, funny. Um, yeah, so born and raised in Cape Town, uh, got married to my wife, and then my first time on a flight was going on our first honeymoon, just out of my first time out of Cape Town per se. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, so it's just, uh, mm. it's been, uh, I've born and raised in Cape Town, so yep. it's my town. I always, yep. I always have love for it, and I always have a special place inside for, for Cape Town. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and are your parents still there? Yep, so uh, my parents are still there. Um, my Brothers, sisters? There, and my brother's in Germany at the moment. Okay. So yeah. just the two the two of you? Two siblings? One brother, one sister, okay. and myself. And mm-hmm. I was the eldest. So right. like I said, growing up, uh, we didn't have financially much, but I had them two. Yeah. We were two, all two years apart. So just growing up with each other, we always had good play nice. with each other. And yeah, perfect. Perfect. So tell me, what, um, what was it like going to school there? Um, uh, school, um, in those years, it was actually fun, um, as any other school, as any other dynamic school dynamics, you've got different cliques, different, uh, mm-hmm. friends, friends groups, um, I was more on the academic side. So, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, you know, nerdy kind of, <laughs> as like <laughs> some people would say, but, um, yeah, I didn't class myself as that. I had friends in all different, um, mm-hmm backgrounds and um so schooling it's a 12-year curriculum year one to um year 12 which which is the matric when you have a fancy dance at the end of it and yeah yeah that. so i think it's similar yeah so i was gonna say yeah similar to here yeah have, yeah, yeah so from, from kindergarten all the way through to year 12. the high school is from year eight to year 12. oh okay so but um yeah, growing up, um, school was good. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I had lots of friends. Um, yep. I have lots of me- colourful memories. <laughs> I could imagine. Oh. could imagine. <laughs> um, so when you finished your year 12, yep. you had stated that you wanted to be an architect at one yep. stage. Yep. Is that what you still wanted to be when you were at year 12? Or Yeah, that was... Um, so, yeah, growing up younger, of course, it's, you know... It's all the uniform jobs that you want to be first, mm-hmm. <laughs> fireman or whatever else like that. <laughs> so towards the end of the high schooling, uh, we actually had to, so year 10, so two years before graduating in high school, yep. that's when you select subjects, specific subjects where mm-hmm. you sort of pick a stream that you want to go into. Yep, yep. That's so pretty that, much what we had yeah, here too. Yeah, so that yeah. was the time when I uh, considered um, I liked math and science and yeah. um geography and those kind of stuff mm-hmm. so um so architecture was attractive to me just because um, i like drawing kind of things and um and sort of working with numbers and that um funnily enough survey i didn't even know there was a career survey at that point <laughs> in like <laughs> as most people don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. so um so yeah that's when i uh, pursued architecture and um the only way I could get it was via uh, bursary or sponsorship because, like I said, my parents couldn't. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. All that stuff and that didn't work out, and then I ended up just um, doing um, 
like menial jobs for the first two years after school. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I could easily just have um, thought of that as that's it for me. But uh, I've always had a bigger vision and a bigger, bigger goals in life. And then um, so towards the end of that second year, I just uh, did not let me figure out something. And then we just, I say in those two years, the one-year gap year ended up being a two-year gap year, <laughs> which was basically figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And even at that point, surveying wasn't the first choice. <laughs> I'd actually registered or enrolled for cartography or GIS nowadays. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that was sort of, you know, architects drawing in that and cartography was sort of similar. But the half of the class, or actually... 90% of the class in CEEP and Cape Peninsula University of Technology, they were also registered for surveyors. So I was like one of five cartographers. And mm -hmm. that's when I said, ah, you know what, I'm just going to go with surveying. And yeah, the rest is history, man. It got <laughs> me to, to <laughs> I mean, that is right so now. funny because I think, I think when I first applied for the surveying course, they put me into the survey drafting course. Mm -hmm. And I went there for my first day and I'm like, no, I don't want to do drafting. I yeah. want to be out in the field. I want to do surveying. Yeah, yeah. So they transferred me over and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I like drawing and drafting and all that kind of stuff as well, but it's like, no, I want to be outside. Yeah, yeah. Once I, once I figured out that, you know, you can be outside every day. I mean, that was just a rubber stamp and like, you know what, this is it. Yeah. I'm pursuing yeah. this. Was it the geography kind of thing that, that kind of led you towards that yeah. cartography sort yes, of thing? Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Mm. So that, that sort of, led me to that and i always liked geography in school so but like i said at that point in grade year 10 even in the two years before picking something to study survey was not on the on the radar <laughs> I, I mean i i mean it's getting better now but i suppose you know for for both of us and i mean you're a lot younger than i am but yeah. still knowing what surveying was back in school yeah and i guess it's probably not um promoted as much as it should be or could no. be and then, and i think that's the only thing because like even when i started studying and working uh, one of my aunts also asked me like how did you choose surveying <laughs> <laughs> like i i wish i could give you that answer uh, but uh, i'm thankful for the choosing it and got me this far in life yeah. so that's that's all i can say yeah yeah and so you did the diploma um was that a one or two year course how did that work three uh, yeah so in okay. uh, in south africa it's a three-year course but mm -hmm. um so the first year is theory right second year is your practical so you just go to find an employer oh. that basically so you got a full year on the job training and then okay. you go back to you to uni and then you just do the third year and then you graduate like that right so yeah yeah so uh, but i think it's a good it's a good um system because you sort of learn the foundations but but do you, do you get to a point of learning the theory and never having been in the field that you can't put the two together because as a teacher i've always found that when you're trying to teach the theory they're sitting there going, I don't understand it. I don't know what you mean. But if they're working, they go, ah, oh, 
I see what you mean by doing yeah. that because yeah. we've yeah. just done it at work. Now I get it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So the yeah. whole theory thing on its own to me, I can't see how it works very well in that sense. Yep. And I, mm. I agree with you, but uh, yeah, um, the first year, so the, in the first year, there is um, practical uh, subjects as well where you actually okay. learn in the basics of yeah, yeah. the tripod, what's a dump in yeah. the yeah. total station. So you learn in that, you're doing um, little topographical surveys. Mm -hmm. And then the whole idea of the second year as a practical year, that's when you actually go out and you implement those stuff that you, you, you've you learned in, the, in yep. the year one. And um, so most most companies, or actually I got in, in a construction company, so it was very limited in terms of exposure of, of what I can do because in that practical year, the construction company is still production, you know, so there's no, there's not a lot of time to actually sit there and analyze and, oh, yeah. and do that. It's the go, 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 go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. So, yeah. but they do yeah. give you a bit of scope, but it's still, they still got a bigger picture in mind where mm -hmm. you're learning mm -hmm. what is this or what the hell is that? How do I read it? <laughs> and, and going through all that stuff. So you, it actually helps you grow tremendously in, in that sense, you know, like, you know, you've got the basics, throw you in a little bit of a deep end and, you know, you can either sink or swim or. Yeah, that, that's, that, there's some people that thrive on that kind of learning and other people that really yeah, struggle. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose, yeah, you were one of the lucky ones. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it depends on the situation, but um, yeah, so that was basically, so year one, in CPUT, we did it. It was the foundations, the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. um, then year two is all practical, mm -hmm. and um, but there is a logbook where you need to, you know, you need to be able to have did five days of tra traversing, yes, or whatever twenty days of leveling, yeah. um, computer process. This is mm -hmm. minimum requirements that you mm -hmm. need to do, and. Um, and there is other guys that would go to do it at the um, at the private land surveyors. There you get the the exposure. You know you can tick all the boxes of yeah. there. So, so there it's a bit a different dynamic to being in a construction company yep. where it's you know it's just setting up. You know, put down the levels and grades mm. and and just moving, moving, moving. So so there is two or three different ways that you can do your practical. So I ended up in that practical year because I wasn't sort of getting exposure to other stuff. Uh, my the co company that was sponsoring me, they just sent me to um, a government department for three months. Oh, and okay. there I could basically tickle. <laughs> I could, yes. yeah, they, you know, they do everything. Mm -hmm. They got their own bunch of students. So you just fall in with them and they, you know, just tick all that off and that helped me get my practical side out of yeah. the way. Yeah. And then basically year three of the diploma is when you jump more into the legal principles and but mm. of catastrophe stuff and okay. and more uh calcs, survey calcs, resection, like the actual yeah. the actual calc where it takes two pages to get the result. <laughs> so, <laughs> who does so, that anymore? <laughs> yeah, who does that anymore? So so year three is more on that side, um mm -hmm. just business principles land um catastrophe yeah. stuff and those things so that's sort of the curriculum that side mm -hmm. for diploma mm -hmm. of course uni university for the engineering survey degree 
that's other I can't speak on that. I never did that. So, yeah. uh, but that's a four-year degree. Yeah. So, so with what you did, could you have then, if you wanted to, have gone on to that university degree? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, would that have just been an extra year, or it was still another four years, or? No, I, I think that I speak under correction, but I think it takes the diploma. You skip the first year of uni. Yeah, okay. Do the balance of it. Right. So it sounds similar to to what we have here is that yeah. you do, if you do your diploma, then you get credits, not necessarily just in that first year, but, you know, scattered through, you yep. get credits yep. taken yep. out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's sort of the, uh, that what I understand of it as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never pursued that just because um, after the diploma, I got my... Uh, the company that that did, I went for my construction yeah. uh, in service, they just kept me on, and then I was basically just kept on as a construction surveyor, and mm -hmm. so I didn't feel the need at that point, you know, yeah, uh, needed yeah. <laughs> because I don't, I'm not doing that kind of work. Yeah, fair enough. And and do you think that, um, like you know, you did your extra experience with the government and doing that kind of survey work? Did it not interest you, or it was just because you did have that job? with the construction company that it kind of led you in that direction? Yeah, I think more the construction, um, I felt more, um, I liked that more as well, yeah. because uh, but, uh, one thing uh, also like financially, they, they paid much more than, <laughs> than the, the government or the, or the, or the private surveyors. Yeah. It's funny, so, isn't it? Uh, yeah, mm. and I always wish it was the opposite because you learn so much more in the with the private lands where you're mm -hmm. for and with the with the government so i always tell those guys when i had mates that i was in the construction and they were like wow you you know you earning decent yeah but i always tell them you guys you guys are getting you guys are becoming more rounded as surveyors than yeah. me mine is just the same thing you go to the next job is similar thing you go to the next job is the similar thing that you that you're actually doing as a surveyor Although the environments are totally different, but the the the, the skills that you're doing is, is all similar kind of things. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing um, boundary locations or or all the other stuff that you guys are doing the private land survey inside. Mm -hmm. So um, I always tell them, you know, that that experience is. I mean, it, it might seem worse now financially, but in the bigger picture, you know, you are much more well-rounded surveyor. And you can basically, from there, branch off in much Jeez, more directions yeah. than yeah. someone that's in the, stuck in the construction space. Mm. So, so working in South Africa, and um, what's it like compared to working in Australia, like the surveying the, the principles or how you do things or, you know, the, the different types of things within surveying, are they similar or? They are, yeah, similar, a uh, bit of difference. Um, surveying is surveying, I think, wherever you're going to go, it's, um, there is certain stuff you need to have in place mm -hmm. and the certain procedures that stuff gets done. Mm. But there is differences um, that are in Australia that I actually liked. Um, basically, the like for the company I am working for at the moment, you know, we got the field books that you need to basically write in mm -hmm. there every day, every time you you do the resection or whatever, you just sign a book and that. So back home. Coming from the experience that I was in, um, it wasn't really enforced that you know you, you need to do your, your field checks and that. Although you as a surveyor, you you do that stuff, but mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a, an actual sort of requirement for oh. whatever you. Not yeah. actually, 
it probably was a requirement, but it wasn't enforced by the company. Yes. Like I said, I mean, the construction company, they, they're not really interested in, in those kind of things. Mm -hmm. They just want to see the stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, see it all be set out. <laughs> so, um, They've got milestones that they have to get to to <laughs> bugger, bugger how what you have to do at the end of it. I mean, yeah, it was a, I think I enjoyed it, like, you know, the field books and stuff, having the regular. Yeah. The, this is the first um, survey company per se that I am actually working for. Mm -hmm. so, um, so it is different. It was different for me coming over. Just, you know, it's, it's only survey. It's only survey. Yes, it's not mm. a branch of another industry or another co company. It's just, it's just surveying. So that for me, this is all like coming here. It was all like sort of you getting to familiar with how an actual survey firm operates and yeah. does things, does their things. So when, when you came over here to Australia, did you come over to work in surveying? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you have a company organized when you came over or how, how did that work? Yeah. So funny, um, I always, since I got here, I always, um, I'm an advocate for LinkedIn because, um, this is what, this is what got me here. Oh, okay. And I basically tell everyone back home, you know, if you, if you, because I get questions all the time, like how did you get here and stuff. Yes. Okay, just get your LinkedIn up to date. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so that was what happened. And funnily enough, I wasn't actually. We weren't actually looking to relocate. My wife and I because we just got married. We just settled, mm -hmm. got a house, got uh, married, house and that. So we were not looking. I was in a pretty good spot in terms of employment there. Yep. My wife was also in a good spot there, but um, one day via LinkedIn, a recruiter saw my profile mm -hmm. and she just uh, started um, messaging me there and then she asked, uh, would you, there's a company in Australia that's mm -hmm. looking for surveyors at the moment, are you interested? And that's where the process started. Right. So that's how we ended up, uh, we first discussed stuff at home, figured out if it's going to work or not, and then... That's that's another story and so I could uh write a book about that one day, just that the whole emotional experience. Just because coming from we were not looking to relocate at that time. Yeah. So you get this company offering something that opens up um your mind to other possibilities and now that plays with your your you know, your emotions and stuff like that. So. Well for sure. And especially being newly married. Yeah. Newly your wife married. being pregnant. Yep. That at that point she was not pregnant at that moment. Oh, at that point. Oh no, really? During the visa process, waiting for the result. So that okay. was another. <laughs> so um, so okay, coming so, over so here. Let me go back. Okay, so newly married, had a house, talking about moving away from family. Yeah, that was tough. Not even babies involved in yeah, it. Not yet. even babies. That was not even uh, a thought yet at that time. Uh, mm. So, uh, yeah, so, so that's how this coming to Australia it was LinkedIn. Yep. A recruiter saw me on there mm -hmm. and, um, and then that's where I got the ball rolling, spoke with this company back and forth a few times mm. and, um, did the visa process, uh, got with the migration agents and whatever, yeah. did that stuff. And, and I think I always say the story like uh, my employer. Yeah, I'm so thankful for his patience with me, and uh, because at that point um, he had my flights booked at one point, and oh. I think a week before I, I said I can't do it anymore. Oh <laughs> no, really? Because all that 
you know, I mean, just, you know, you're newly married, just now you, yes. now you first have parents and now you have to say goodbye to yeah. your, your mm -hmm. kids. They're not going to see the grandparents and that. So, you know, all those stuff start weighing on you. Yeah, and it's difficult. And, and, you know, it, it eats on you a bit inside. And, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, uh, I'm a very faithful person. So my wife and I, we, you know, we sit and prayed about it for a long time. You know, there were some days when I was like, I'm going. And then in that same day, just walking, getting my head clear, going. I'm not going, I'm going, I'm not oh, going. Gosh. That was, a, that was my, going on in my mind. At the, you know, because you're weighing up all these options. Yeah. You can't mm. see the, mm. the future. You don't know. I don't even know this guy, if he's, if he's yep. an actual, if he's an actual company. I, yeah. I could get there and something could happen, like COVID happened like recently. That mm. could have happened at that point and then I'm screwed. And then, you know, I just gave up a good job. Got yeah. ours and it, so all those stuff was building on me. Oh, it was a tough decision, man. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I could imagine. But in okay. terms of the process coming over, it was LinkedIn. Um, yep. The recruiter found me on there, and that's what got the ball rolling yep. to come over here. And and so what did you say? It took about, what, a year to get that visa process um, done, was it? Or? Yeah, the last time I checked, um, November 2017 was, I think, when the, this first communication started mm -hmm. with this employer. And March 2018 is when the visa was granted. Right. Okay. So Not it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too long. Um, and that, mm -hmm. that time it was, I think it was a 457 work visa. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And mm -hmm. also, you know, now you're now you weighing up all this stuff and uh, at that point at that time because I was only a diploma I was only allowed a two year work visa oh and because so, you didn't have your degree yeah and so I had to huh. also be regional so regional based two year work visa so now that is also hanging there because you have a I basically had a job for life at home yep settled planted roots you got that and you got this mm -hmm. and it's just you know crazy faith my wife and i you know you, you pray about because you can't i can't i can't see you couldn't see myself sitting here right now four years later yeah what uh actually thriving at the moment but you know at that point you don't actually see that and you just have to you know lean in lean into the fear and just trust you trust it trust it and yeah. you know i believe it was there like for a purpose you know like Mm -hmm. this, this this part was meant to happen but at that moment when that was happening you you, you know it's so much easier to just say you know what leave this and i'm just going to stay there and mm. comfortable there yeah i mean it's a big decision and so was it pacific's is it pacific surveys yep. is that that is that who you came over with? Yeah, yeah yeah so i'm still with them at the moment and okay. um, i've been with them since i got here and i really appreciate them for you know giving me this opportunity Experience mm. this place, and also, like I said, for being patient with me because <laughs> I'm sure in any other situation, the guy would have probably just said, because I, like I said, he had my flights booked, and I, I told him I can't do it, and then he had to reschedule the flights for a later date. Yeah, I mean, anyone else could have just said, you know what, stay there, we don't need this, and uh, you know, mm. come over with a with a kid. I mean, with a pregnant wife. That. <laughs> That's another so where did you come to when you when you came to where did you base yourself to start off with 
So we, we arrived in Australia and we went to Port Macquarie. So my employer's yep. office is in Port Macquarie. Yeah, because that's their home, that's yeah. their base where, yes. Their base. And, so, I, and, and, and speaking of your employer, um, I was doing a little bit of yep. searching today. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've worked with him, with Marty. Yeah, yeah. So he's the boss, yeah? Yeah, I think... I think I can, you know, don't hold me to it. Yeah. I think that he worked on the M2 motorway when I worked on there, when I first started my yeah, career. Wow, so in your surveying days. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. So yeah, I saw the name and I went, geez, that name sounds familiar. I think I know him. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, so that's I'll have to find out whether that is actually true or not because that was back in 1996, so that oh, was a long a, time a ago. Long time ago. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he moved us there first initially, and I think he didn't probably have to do it at that point. But I appreciate the fact that he did just because mm. my wife was pregnant. So he sort of kept me local with yeah with the office. So mm-hmm. and you know, first our parents, and I'm so thankful that he actually did that. You know, because all the most of the guys that came over with me, they went up to uh, to work on the W2B project at in Yamber yeah, and that okay. way. Yeah. So he kept me local for the first year just to ease us into Australian yeah. life, you know, first mm-hmm. time parents and that and I'm so thankful that he did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have to, no. but he did that. Um yeah. so you know so so far it's been good with him. Um because mm-hmm. now you're based training. at Bathurst that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so right, now we're yeah. in Bathurst. Yeah. So we went from Port Macquarie, then we went up to W two B Pacific Highway upgrade. And we were a year there, and now we moved to, to Bathurst. How do you like Bathurst? Cold. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, fun. I, um, actually, we're enjoying it, uh, but the wife and I, the winters is bad. The first winter year, I got sick like five times. Yeah. It's a different climate. Different it is. from back home, different from living on the coast. So oh, yes. Here when you get that icy, icy temperatures, oh, and you have to do survey, and you have three layers of clothing on. <laughs> Uh, it was a battle, but um, actually now we actually really enjoy Bathurst at the moment. Yeah, it's a nice town. Yeah, it's, it's mm. good. Um, yeah. Just the winters is the yeah. worst, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. But it probably gets quite warm there as well in the summer. Yeah, so that's that's what I like about Bathurst. <laughs> Each season is distinct, you know. Yes, definitely. Summer is... Uh, I think you find in Australia that besides up in Queensland, like our more south sort of places you can notice the distinction usually between yeah, yeah, the yeah. seasons of you know your winter and summer and spring summer, and that sort of yeah. stuff for sure so yeah. that's the best thing about it because it, in cape town also we didn't have snow um like basically on your doorstep on the coast when you stay on the coast there's absolutely no snow there so you know coming here you actually can experience the snow yeah you autumn everything is red all the trees are red and the trees are falling so Mm. i think that's what i like about bathurst is is the autumn when you do see all of the the beautiful you know burnt amber colors and all the leaves falling onto the street and the big wide old country streets and all that kind of stuff it's beautiful absolutely beautiful (laughs) (laughs) talking about linkedin you're on here today because I asked to speak to young surveyors on yep. LinkedIn. Yeah. So tell me why, why was it that you actually wanted to come on to the podcast? 
Um, Most people kind of go, oh, no, no, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> so I think it's awesome and thank you for doing that. But I want to know why. Oh, I just felt like uh, I got a nice message that maybe some someone that's sitting back home in South Africa even or wherever, you know, they want to do it, but they're actually scared to do it. You know, this is someone that's come from nothing that's, that's making a living here with his family and his kids. And um, so, yeah, I just feel that it was the time for me to do it. Uh, I was still in the young category, so that's why. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe 10 years later, we would have said, no, nah, that's for the youngsters. But um, yeah, I think I'm still in the <laughs> in the youngish category. And uh, yeah, and I think, um, I mean, there's, there's um, lots of people that could probably learn something from survey or just from, yeah, nice. from making tough decisions. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's really good yeah. because, you know, I've spoken to people who have been overseas um, but I don't think any of them have come across like you have to a specific job in that sense that um, in a surveying, in the actual surveying yeah, side yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, and you kind of hear, you know, some people think it's easy and other people find it really difficult. And, you know, we're always crying out for surveyors. So, yeah, that's a, it's actually a, a beautiful problem to have here at the moment, like for us as surveyors, that is. Mm. There's mm. so many surveying roles and people looking for surveyors that... Uh... Yeah. So I just, going back to coming over here, why did you decide to actually do the, the change? What was the thing that made you think, yes, let's do it? First, uh, it was exciting, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you just see that there is somewhere, someone out there that's like, after doing an interview with, with them that actually values your your services. Remember, I'm coming from someone from my experience that has never left Cape Town for mm, yeah. for, for work and stuff. So um, just realizing that there is an opportunity somewhere out there and um, and just to pursue, to see what it is about, um, mm -hmm. you know, but of course, like, at that point in our life, it was it was difficult because you know you've started planting roots, and I always the company that I left before coming here, I was like in that last few months, I was like you know if I ever worked for three companies, I wish I did Pacific Survey before that company because oh yeah. because I wanted to do, you know sort of experience something else, yeah. but that company was basically a, basically a government institution as a job for life. You, yeah, you okay. Know, once mm -hmm. you're in there, you you sit in there so. You give it like like I told them if if I could pick it I would have come here first and mm. at that stage I would have picked that first come here first and then go back but mm -hmm. at this moment right now I'm happy the way it played out because now I'm actually you know I'm seeing so much more I'm experiencing so much more that I would probably not have experienced or done if I had stayed there. Yeah. Do you think you will? you would go back or not at this do you point, think Australia? Not, um, we actually just started our citizenship application now a few weeks ago so um, so I don't think we can go back at, uh, unless our parents get critically ill at, or something crazy yes. happens where we you know because our parents are still our parents and you know we always miss them but oh, of um, course so mm. if they don't get critically ill anytime soon for whatever other reason no we'll we're gonna stay here and make it make it work to the best of our ability 
Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on your doing your citizenship. I mean, that's yeah. that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Um, so, um, yeah, that just basically affirms our decision that you know we want to. Yeah, for sure. We want to make it work here to the to the best, unless we get chased out the country for whatever reason, <laughs> <laughs> or our parents get critically ill. That's that's the only two things I think we would really go back to. Mm. It's amazing that you've only worked really for a couple of companies, haven't you? Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, and I think some people appreciate that as well. And um, but I always felt that you know if you stay with one person really for like fifteen years or whatever, I know the older guys would say uh, you know it stay as long as you can. It shows loyalty and stuff. But um, but I think in the this younger generation they more are building the sort of the project portfolio kind of a thing. Yeah, it's, uh, but know, also it's, not short term. I think like three, five, six years is it's nice. And then if you're not, if you're not only if you're not growing, that's that's what I was about something. to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I always remember having this conversation with my cousin. He's a surveyor as well, yep. um, and he always said that you you should be changing. He thought you should be changing every sort of five or so years yeah, that yeah. 10 years is too long because you need to learn and you need to grow yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, you will get stale if you stay with the one yep, yep. for for all, you know, the, the whole time. Mm. And it's funny how you speak to different people and they do kind of go, um, they totally agree. And then there's others that say, yeah, yeah. no, no, you should be loyal. So yeah. Yeah, it's and interesting. I, I, like, you know, loyalty, and uh, but if you're not growing as as a surveyor or a person on on your yourself, then then it's then you then you sort of think of okay, what's the next option or yeah. And you don't want to uh, like for me personally, I don't want to get pigeonholed into being a construction surveyor at the at year fifty where there's laser scanning happening, there's drones happening, and there's all these other stuff happening where I'm not getting currently not getting exposed to so. I'm I'm always mindful that you know if I'm going to stay mm. in one spot too long that um, somewhere down the line whatever happens and I don't have that experience or that exposure or or whatever else so I think it's I think it's healthy also you know five five or so years six years yeah well do, so is this something um that that company doesn't really use a lot of laser scanning stuff or they do, but just not on the jobs that you're working on, like the different yeah, technologies. It's and my so current company. We don't really do much of those kind of stuff. Mm. Or, and also maybe just the jobs that I've been on, I've, I haven't got the opportunity to work with those kind of stuff. Mm. It's just um, jiggers and, yeah. and levels basically and GPSs. That's it. Mm. So what will you do then? <laughs> no, this those guys have been loyal to me and um I mean just the opportunity to come here is yeah really been good. So it won't be it won't be an easy decision if I if I have to make that decision, but mm. I'm always mindful of, of the fact that, you know, in mm. five years time all everyone is doing what scanning and, and whatever else and if I'm not getting exposed to it then I'm sort of left behind then. So mm. <laughs> like for example, they could just say, now we're tired. We don't have any work for you. I, I had to go find something else and I don't have that experience. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm always 
um, probing and with them as well, just to see if I can do additional stuff or just learn more. And and that's the only way you, you grow and and sort of elevate as a surveyor, you know. Because mm. you don't like I, I always scared I'm going to get pigeonholed into a pigeonhole yeah. and just eat the and it's and I've heard I've heard other surveyors say that about you know getting pigeonholed and wanting to change jobs but feel that they can't or or change jobs and do something different and then go oh I hate it yeah I hate it I'm going back to what I you know to to what I'm doing sort of thing you know I've had people from the construction side go to the cadastral and they go oh my god it's so boring and then the the cadastrals go to the construction they go oh no I can't handle it it's just yeah too much (laughs) so yeah yeah I've I've never been attracted to a cadastral survey ever since like the student years as well because for me at that point also it was it was a bit boring for me so and I think that's also why I just didn't really need to pursue um, getting a uni qualification because that basically only really gives you that option to yeah. do the cadastral to, to yeah. be to be that cadastral yeah. side mm. I don't know I don't say I won't say I feel sorry for the guys that go and do a degree and end up on the construction side but yeah. you kind of go was all of that time necessary if that's what you're going to spend your career in so in yeah but saying... knowledge, knowledge is power and you know if, if true you and um but like for me at this point that's why i say i didn't need to pursue it yeah because you know i could, could progress in my in my as a surveyor mm. without it yeah i think it's interesting um, I've had a few conversations lately about the people who do go to university or the people that don't go to university and, um, you know, the discussions on, um, do you have to have a degree? Do you not have to have a degree? Uh, how does all the licensing and registration work now? There's so many questions that are coming up these days about, um, whether you have to have that for the type of job that you actually want to yep, yep. do and, you know, be licensed for say a construction type of work or a cadastral type of work and that sort of thing. So um, I, I find it interesting the way people think about, you know, well, yeah, uni's good and it is knowledge, but I don't need it. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. well, I don't know. Do we say you're part of the younger generations of surveying? You are. <laughs> Because you're under 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're I think under... I'm probably on the younger side. I think anyone that um, calls a total station at the other light, I think that's that's the... Oh, <laughs> I'm probably guilty <laughs> of that sometimes. Because <laughs> I never, I just know it as a total station. And, uh, but the lecturers and stuff always used to the other lights, the other lights. And, yeah. and I noticed in like, talking to the older guys, they still say the other lights. When they mean the jigger, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, for me personally, I think that's the you, <laughs> you're talking to the other life to me. Uh, you on the on the other side. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's so funny. I haven't heard that before, so I'll, I'll have to remember <laughs> that. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just thinking of these old guys calling them the, the other lights. <laughs> I've got that in my head now. <laughs> oh. Um, okay, so. Going back, being on the younger side of surveying, mm-hmm. um, what do you think that the younger people are bringing into our industry now um, when it comes to 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 working and, and that sort of stuff? Um, 
I don't have much exposure to much of the younger generation currently. Um, okay, what sort of age bracket do you have working with, with you? We normally, uh, we do have a few like assistants that would help us um, and they do bring a lot of enthusiasm and um, curiosity mm-hmm. to, to the space and yep. um, and like like I said, most most of the time we just uh, try to pass on as much as we know as well to them, and yeah. um, and also just le- like for me personally, when I if I get a, a young Australian guy, it's for me to just uh, learn more about Australian culture and friends mm-hmm. and what it's like to be a youngster here. So I enjoy it, just working with the youngsters, and and yeah. that's sort of what I get mostly. But I can't comment much on really on with the survey side of it yet mm. because um, I think I only had about three Australian youngsters that that I've um, that I've actually worked with uh, yeah. since I've been here so, mm. uh, so yeah, I can't do you think really they think differently the to the older surveyors when it comes to surveying? I think um, it's, it's, it would take a lot of work to get the younger generation to actually want to do surveying uh, mm. even though you have the guys that, that I've the little experience of the guys that I did come with me it doesn't seem like something that they really want to to um, pursue long term even though they they are studying that because uh, I know two of the three that did uh, sort of work with me they just went on to do other things uh, after they um, ended year with the company so um, I don't know if it's just maybe the the lack of um, support in terms of, um, especially for paying for the studies, or because mm. I know back home, like what I what I liked there was most companies they actually sponsored. Like I like I told you, um, the first year I was uh, in uni, and then the yep. second year was a practical year. Yep. And those companies normally would just pay for the, the next year for you. Okay. So I don't, I don't see of the guys or the of my experience here so far, I don't see the companies actually investing in that side of it, you know, paying for the studies, even though they're not at work. Um, like, I see it as an investment, even if, if they're not physically on site, you know, when there's, they come back from yeah. that. that there's, they, a lot, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different ways that the surveyors and the companies think of that. So you've got the companies who do support their employers. Yeah do put them through their training and whether it's, you know, the student pays and they pass and they reimburse them yep. um, or they just pay it up front uh, and they support them in their learning journey and they have their mentors and all that sort of stuff. And then you have these companies who just want workers. Yeah. So if you're not doing time making money for them, then. And, and that's what I found a bit strange with, with my employer because they I'm youngster there was about two I guess two youngsters that, that left but uh, when they had to go to do their studies the block weeks or whatever and uh, mm-hmm. that was you know no work no pay and the time when they were actually at work they had to probably save up that money to yeah. to pay yeah. for that so so it's a double loss basically when you when you are mm. And in your studies, so now you, you're not getting an income, but you actually have to live off the, the amount that you did work before. So I think that was 
Mm-hmm. And it's probably not all the companies, just what my experience, what I've noticed here, so uh, with with my current employer. So yeah, uh, it's it's just the different the different mindsets of some yeah, companies. Yeah, that, so, that's that's all it comes down to because you you also have the the guys that say, well, you know, I put these these um, people through their university or their their you know technical studies or whatever it is, um, and then they left. Well, but. Um, that is, that's a, I think an investment in any education is mm. you shouldn't look at it as a, as a loss in terms of. That's how they career. see it though. Yeah. But I mean, you're still helping the economy five years down the line, that same guy could end up working for you again, or yeah. you might not just be there at that point, but you still invested in the future of Australia, for example. And, yeah. And I, I put it, I put it down to if they're leaving you. You're either not paying them enough money or you're treating them like crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. That's my thoughts on it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, just my experience from like the youngsters, what I've noticed uh, in discussions with the youngsters, they, they yep. just, they're not getting that support in terms yep. of, of that. And whereas, like I'm saying from back home now, with mm. the, that, that company that paid for my years, the final year studies, they even gave me an allowance so that I didn't have to get a temporary job or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, wow. I mean, they want you to get the qualifications yes. to, to help. The, it, it helps the business in the end of the day. It's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why why not invest in the youngsters? And, and as I say, I think it will take a lot of work to get the youngsters into surveying just from the experience that I've seen so far. And I may be wrong, and there may be other guys that's thriving from with companies that's, you know, fully invested in the youngsters, yeah. even if they're not actually physically doing the hard work on site, they're actually still getting in the investment. Yeah. They're the good ones. They're the lucky ones. Yeah. Mm. Being out in Bathurst, are, are they trying to find people to for jobs out there? Um, like, you know, it, there's skill shortages everywhere, yep. but there's less people out there. And is there the younger people that they can attract into the surveying industry? Um. And that's again, we spoke about now before, if they're not willing to, to invest in it, I don't think someone's going to say, oh, I want to do surveying. So we need the companies out there in the regional areas to be more supportive of their staff too. Yeah, I, I yeah. would say that. Uh, yeah. And they shouldn't see it as a, as a, as a, as a loss in terms, of, in terms of investment. I mean, it's always an investment, whether the person works for you or not, it's still an investment to the economy. To the economy yeah. and to our profession. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. on your, in your experience, what is it? Are you getting heaps of youngsters coming and going through the ranks? Or? Well, I mean, it was always, as in TAFE, it was always our classes got filled. And then, you know, you would, you would lose attrition over the year, two years or whatever. And then for me personally, being employed by Consulting Surveyors National, starting the Surveyors Academy, I've had over 200 people express their interest to do the academy yep. without even advertising. Wow. So yeah, that's, so that's people who want to keep working, do a work-based type of thing. Um, and most of the employers are supporting it yeah that's good and it's it's amazing you know part of what it is if you want to come to the surveyors academy you have to have the support of your employer yeah 
I'm not saying you need to pay them for the day. That's not my yeah, thing. yeah. That's but true. you need to allow them to have the one day a week to come to to class online, face to face with teachers, so that they can get their theory. What you do with them on the other four days of work is yeah up to you. You have a program of things that they need to learn practically wise, and they're going to get someone qualified out of it that yeah. they can rely on doing jobs and and know who they've got working for them. Yep. Yep, so no, they no. can employ people, put them through the academy, train them. So they're kind of hopefully bringing more people into the industry as well. And that's refreshing to hear. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with what's the current status of the, of the market. I'm just going from my experience that I've seen and heard so far with the guys that I've worked with. So mm. but that's that's good and that's promising that there is. It's amazing. It's It's obviously something that's been 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 needed within the industry especially with this skill shortage that we have so i think it's a fun career you know you, you get to be outdoors get yes. be indoors when you need to be and it's just it's great i agree totally so you've been in the industry 12 years do you see yourself moving up into more managerial type of yep. positions as that's, moving forward that's what i do foresee myself in the not too distant future is getting more management roles and uh, and just getting exposure to working as a management yeah. management level with with maybe a few surveyors just below to support and yeah. to learn from. That's that's where I do see myself going next. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I'm just, whether it's with Pacific Survey or not, it's, mm. it depends on if they give me the opportunity to do it. And yeah. That's what it would come down to. Yeah. I mean, how big is the company? Is there, do you know how big, um, how many people kind of work there? 40, the last I counted was about probably between 30 and 40 surveyors. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty good. Side, yeah. mm. As wanting to, to move into that kind of position, do you think it'll just be a natural progression or are you looking at doing any kind of studies or, you know, certain things to, to help in that area? Um, I think it will be a natural progression, but, um, but if they, if it comes with the requirement to, to advance education, I mean, I'm always, uh, I, I love to, I mean, I'm a believer in knowledge and stuff like that. So if it means that that needs to happen for that, then that's something I would pursue and yeah. um, just to get to the next, to the next level as, as a surveyor and in terms of management styles and stuff like that. Yeah. Just something I think about sometimes, <clears throat> um, you know, some people are just natural at it. Some people, you know, slowly learn things. Um, I just think there's sometimes there's a lot of things that are missed along the way mm -hmm. to be a good manager, a good yep. leader yep. within, within the industry. I think sometimes that gets missed and, and then that, that falls back on how you manage people and, and manage jobs and not knowing how to do things properly. And yeah, it's, I suppose it depends on who, who's training you, how you get yep. taught along yep. the way. That's very important. Yeah. How do you see things changing over the sort of the next 10 years um, within the industry? Um, I think there's going to be lots of automation coming on board. Uh, I think that's just the way the world is shifting at the moment. Mm. And I think survey is going to be part of that. And um, especially um, like, you know, robotic stuff and um, unmanned or un and then stuff with a little yeah. dog that walks in the tunnel and yeah. does the scans. <laughs> but I do believe uh, there's still there's always going to be a need for surveyors. 
For whether sure. that happens or not, it's just it might be less on in the field. Yep. And more time doing the actual processing and processing, validating, validating all yeah, that so. kind of stuff. So that's where I think it's going in the next 10 years. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny you say that. I was at a, um, a drone demonstration the other day and they were talking about having these, you know, boxed drones, unmanned drones, being able to fly them from a different city, yeah. um, you wow. know, being in Brisbane and, and flying a drone that's up in like Townsville or something yeah. like that, where it just um, sits in the box. It all, it's just in there. They fly it. They, you know, oh. I'm just going, oh, my God, really? Is that going to be allowed? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so I don't know what that means for, um, like, the younger surveyors, but I'm sure, like, that's the way it's going. I do believe it's going that way. And um, it just means less, less time on the ground, I, I would I would say, uh, yeah. is what's going to be. Most. I, but there's still going to be the need for, yeah, you know, keeping in control and doing yeah. the the control side of things, but it's just yeah. the, the, the general stuff. I think that would, mm. would speeds up the, the topographical survey that would have taken five days. <laughs> you know, you can fly the drone and get something in you know, half a day. Yeah, and then you've got the processing time in the office yeah. instead of out in the field. Yeah, I, I suppose you know, safety wise and things like that. Mm. That um, those types of things that are good in certain in certain circumstances. I just you know, we always say that there'll always be surveyors and you know while, while we have a our boundaries and our cadaster and all that sort of stuff I, I agree with that it's just yeah how the rest of it all kind of works so yeah, yeah. Mm, so do you regret your decision no um i think i'm so I, like I, I enjoy this whole space and this whole industry um mm -hmm. i like what it brings to me as a person you know going yep. out every day raining you can go inside and i was never a guy to sit by a desk all day so <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what do you think you would have done if if surveying hadn't presented itself? Well, um, I'm not sure. Eh? Yeah. Um, I'm sure I would have figured out something, but uh, yeah. like there wasn't another really big passion that really ignited me to to pursue mm. those times. Uh, mm. Although these days I'm I'm starting to um, pursue more like um, you know coaching and that kind of things on as a passion project that oh, I'm okay. currently working on so which is bringing me fulfillment um you know in terms of uh, being a well-rounded human and those kind of things yeah nice so what are you coaching uh fitness uh, like mindset yep. fitness kind of stuff so that's that's sort of what I'm doing on on the side um as a passion how do you have the time <laughs> <laughs> make the time uh, one you know it was something that you're passionate about you, you it's it's it's, it's um, it really helps to make the days more uh, more worthwhile. Worthwhile, fulfilling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's not all about the job, is it? Yeah, it's not only about the job. There's there's lots of other aspects to life. You know, being dad and all those kind of things as mm. well. So um, mm. as long as you can stay mentally sane and in a good space, uh, that's very important. Uh, there's a lot of guys in construction, as you know, the are you okay days is. There's lots of people that really battle with those kind of things. Yeah. So um, just just find something that you really like to do. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so what does motivate you? What motivates me? Um, at this stage in my life, it's definitely my two little boys and my wife. Uh, just motivating me to just be the best person that I can for them. That's nice. How old are they? 
three turning four and the other one is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So very young family. So um, like us, like we always say, like serving, it's got us like this to this point, but um, yeah, it's just all the moving from town. So it is getting a bit overwhelming at the moment, but uh, we'll figure it out when we need to figure it out and uh, just, just make the next step from that. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything always finds a way. Yeah, it always yeah. <laughs> I said four years ago, stepping on that plane was a scary. Yeah, exactly. And found, worked itself out. To I mean, what an adventure you've had. Ah, really yeah, adventure. I mean, yeah, moving to another country and, and working. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. Who do you think who who or who has had the biggest impact on your career to date? Professionally? Mm. Um, definitely one of the guys that I worked with in um my first company, the construction company. Yeah. I had a um, project manager. He wasn't in the service, but like he wasn't a surveyor, he was mm-hmm. just a project manager I was working for. Uh, yep. I think he was one of the real guys that really helped mold me to this person that I am now. And I always acknowledge him whenever I, uh, whenever I speak to him. I just always like I always have that vision in my head of how he kept me, you know, sort of on the right place and uh, moving forward. And so I think he's one of the big influences in the professional space. Um, although we lost contact now over a few years, but um, I'll still recognize him as that. No, that's nice. Um, okay, so. Working out in the field, working out in the bush, or even over back in South Africa, what would be one of the worst things that has happened to you when you've been surveying? Ah, uh, <laughs> the insects and the animals. Yeah, in <laughs> Australia. Ah, I always used to uh, joke with my wife that you know I pray so loud when I walk in the bush here because <laughs> the snakes and stuff that's around. Touch wood, uh, never came across anyone yet, uh, <laughs> anything like that, but that's always the crazy things. Uh, and when there's rabbits and there's kangaroos jump out the bush, it's always, <laughs> it's always a scary, scary <laughs> thing. Like, Just come Ooh. bounding past you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're walking in the bush, thick grass, and then you just hear something move. Yeah. Because they're pretty, you know, they're, they're pretty powerful. <clears throat> beasts aren't they you know yeah, when you're yeah, up front yeah. up, up with them so uh yeah that was one of my funny experiences yeah just uh, walking in the bush and i just out of nothing i just see a kangaroo come flying past me like what the <laughs> so um <laughs> but um no other scary or funny incidences personally um mm-hmm. luckily it's been um i just did coming across a snake one day i don't know what i'll do but <laughs> Oh. I think it's going to happen at some point, but I'm just, you know, stay faithful and just uh, hope you don't encounter it. Okay. The most memorable snake for me was I wasn't even, <clears throat> I wasn't even working at the time, but I was in managing a, a job and looking at some stuff and stopped on the side of the road and I had my thongs on, I had shorts yeah. on, you know, I wasn't working, but I thought, oh, this is one of the sites that the boys had been at let me stop and get a couple of photos so that when I have to go back to the client, I know why they've missed certain things. And I just took a step up onto this 
old tree that had yeah. had fallen over and I jumped up on this 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 massive tree and all of a sudden this thing just went <laughs> and thankfully it went away from me I'm like holy crap. holy crap here I am standing in shorts and thongs you know no PPE no nothing and yeah it was just like oh okay so yeah. Back to the car, put my boots on, put me, <laughs> put everything on and sort of treading very, very carefully as I went back to take photos. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, that will be just the, the snakes and spiders. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, some of our spiders are pretty uh, <laughs> pretty deadly, so you've got to be careful with some yeah. of those. <laughs> That's some of the, um, like, experiences, the funny experiences, experiences for me so far because they've been there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what um, what's your guilty pleasure? Oh me, beers. <laughs> I, I like beers. <laughs> what brand? Um, I don't have a favorite in Australia at the moment. I keep on just buying the new ones. I like the craft beers. So okay. It interests me. I just, uh -huh. And I like the pale ales more. Oh yeah. Pale, pale mm -hmm. ales, so. mm -hmm. What um, it what what beer's better, Australian beer or? Uh, I'll say South African beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's this one particular beer that I really crave, uh, that I miss. It's also like a craft beer. It's like a German style rice okay. beer. Uh -huh. And, uh, one that's back home. And that's, you know, I buy all these German ones here, hopefully to get that close to that experience or that taste. No luck. And, uh, there is one <laughs> or two that is close to it, but, uh, I'll keep on trying. Um, uh, although, uh, I like most beers. Um, mm -hmm. The ones that I do buy, in, like that's on the taps normally, is that Tazuyasco. That's the one I would normally. Oh yeah. Say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If that's nice. if that's available, but that's yeah. my guilty pleasure beers. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to 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 workwise, what what would be some of the best work advice that you've ever heard? Best work advice I've ever heard is, um, is the survey is spelled C H E C K. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's how survey is spelled C H E C K. It's always, always just check, check, check. And, uh, yeah. when you're unsure, just check again. Yep. Yep. Who taught you that one? That was my, uh, one of the, the teachers at yes. um, CPT. Spell survey, C H E C K. That's oh, a oh, I was going to say, it kind of sounds like a teacher thing to yeah. say. <laughs> well, that, that is the best advice. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to um, to get complacent sometimes. And it is. You, uh, you forget to do that little check shot, but that, that yeah. check shot helps in, in um, especially with, you know, just covering your ass and just making sure that what you actually did is mm. still good. And uh, so, yeah, it's just check. That's the yep. best advice. Yep. Great advice. That's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so besides your beers, how do you relax? I relax um, sometimes a podcast, sometimes watching something on TV or um, just spending time with the kids, which yep. is not actually relaxed, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> especially not that age. Yeah, not that age. <laughs> so yeah, podcast or just watching some movies or something like that. Mm. Nice. Okay. Uh, what what advice would you would you give younger kids coming into the industry? I would say just uh, be open minded with surveying. Um, surveying is a very 
diverse and dynamic industry or space to be in because mm -hmm. you know you get to be outdoors you, you get to uh, so you're going to experience the elements so just be open-minded like in that sense uh, yeah be comfortable and just don't be afraid to speak up especially with surveying um, and you know sometimes you can be on a construction site where some guys are but uh, especially the older senior projects over here stuff mm -hmm. like in the regions that are found uh, they don't see the value in a surveyor or they they you want to use a <laughs> a GPS machine oh, yes. based in um, millimeter tolerances. <laughs> but in, for advice for them, it's just, you know, just be open-minded, just, um, and don't be afraid to ask questions and mm. uh, don't just um, assume, don't assume that's another one. Yes, for sure. Don't assume anything and just uh, make sure that you have the latest plans. What advice would you give your younger self? Well, stay, um, stay pursuing your pursuing your dreams and passions and um, mm -hmm. don't forget to check <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah just say uh, yeah just stay motivated to your vision that you have for yourself yeah, nice. would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door I'd say get out of jail card oh okay if you had a superpower what would it be ah uh, superpower um Mind control. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me just cover that camera. <laughs> if you could go back in history, where would you go? Probably uh, to my wedding day, I guess. Oh, okay. Live in the memory with my wife. Yeah, beautiful. If you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around jump it, it, jump over it, or jump in it? Jump in it with a safety yes. boot. <laughs> yes, I've got someone to jump in puddles with me. <laughs> nice. Oh, I always get the answers of, well, depends what shoes I've got and how deep is it? And... Yeah. That's what I said, it was safety boots. <laughs> and uh, yeah, especially here in Bathurst, yeah, because the, the, the temperatures gets down to frozen. So when yeah. you get on site in the mornings, the puddles is basically frozen. Uh -huh. And in our therapeutic, at least, just to, to walk on them and <laughs> <laughs> and, and watch him separate like it. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, at a party, where could someone find you? Ah, uh, at the bar. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be chilling at the bar. Would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Yeah, I, I would say yes. Yeah. Um, I, I try not to really regret anything in life because I think everything is a purpose for everything. So. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would change any choice or any decision I made up to this point. Nice. Very good. In hindsight, it's nice to say, but you know, when you actually yes. have to make those decisions, uh, <laughs> you wish you could go back again. Yeah. To... Sometimes, sometimes, but yeah. would you be where you are now if you didn't make that decision? Yeah. So yeah, That's I agree. It. Are you a Leica, Trimble or Topcon? Trimble. Trimble. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was Trimble all the years back there and then I came here and I used Leica here for the first time. And I've grown into like Leica now since being in Australia, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I think I would still prefer Trimble. Yeah, okay. Although I didn't use it in a long time now again, so if I have to jump onto that mm -hmm. tomorrow, it would be a bit, oh, what? <laughs> just yes. refreshing yeah. the memory again. Yeah, okay. Um, is Trimble more popular over there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we had a... a I always joke, we used to joke about it in my last company before coming here. There was 
stands of like a gear, stands of trimble gear. All the trimble gear was taken every day. The surveyors would take the trimble gear and no one takes a like a gear. Really? <laughs> like one or two that would, would everyone took their gear pins yeah. and then they were forced to take the, the trimble, <laughs> I mean the like a. So we just, or, and I probably depends on what system you, you learned yeah. as a, initially because I found trimble user friendly, much more user friendly mm. than, than like a. Yeah, but then that. saying that, if someone has been taught on the Leica and they get a tremble for the first time, they would probably say the other the opposite. That you know, mm. Leica is more user friendly than tremble. But yeah, I I prefer tremble. I have actually heard someone who used Leica used a tremble <clears> and said something about, "Oh, I wish it was the, this easy to set up the job or to you know to do something." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wish Leica was this easy or something like that. No, yeah, <laughs> also, it probably just depends on what system you yeah do yeah. on. Yeah, I think anything besides top gun. <laughs> <laughs> we don't discriminate. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, too funny. All right. Well, that's all the hard-hitting questions. Um, yeah. We'll do some uh, some quick shots before we finish up. Yep, that's okay. So basically, yes, no, hot, cold, pick whichever one suits you best. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Summer or winter? Summer. <laughs> That's a no-brainer, that one. Yeah. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? I love them. Nice. Three items you would take to a desert island? Um... Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably take a water bottle. <laughs> water. Uh, I'll take a, a book, a journal, a blank book to just scribble on, and mm -hmm. uh, probably my cell phone. <laughs> what was the last one, sorry? Cell phone. Ah, phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite song or artist? Ah, I'm a big hip hop fan, so I like Little Wayne. So oh, okay. I'm on the younger, on the younger survey side. So. <laughs> hey, I listen to all that stuff too. I've got yeah, kids. Yeah, that's <laughs> so yeah, he's he's been my one of my favorite growing up. I know he's a very foul, vulgar guy, but I, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> is there is is there a favorite? There's one song that I do like most that I would put on repeat. It's um, Fireman from okay. Little Wayne. It's an old song, but it's good. Hmm, interesting. Good Fav movie. Favorite movie. Favorite movie, Bad Boys 2, hands down. Oh. <laughs> or any oh. other Bad Boys franchise, but Bad Boys 2 was really one of my favorite. Mm -hmm. Funny movies. Yeah. Favorite book? Favorite book was, um, I'm actually a fairly new reader. Uh, okay. I enjoyed um, the David Goggins, um, Can't Hurt Me, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. So oh, I'm reading that. I just have stopped reading for some reason so yeah. but david goggins can't hurt me that i've read uh, twice now oh wow in the space of a year just because okay. i loved it yep. <laughs> you know, it's wow. like really powerful mm, okay interesting i'll have to have a look at it introvert or extrovert introvert mm -hmm. is your glass half full or half empty half full nice uh one thing you would never do again Never do again. Ah, <laughs> that would probably be. This one starts people. Yeah. <laughs> never do again. I'll probably say um, spend more than I make. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad one. <laughs> not a bad one, actually. Uh, if you had a warning label, what would it be? Don't push me. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm nice, but don't push me further. <laughs> yep. Or don't, yeah. don't, I don't know how to put it in exact words. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> push you too far and you might bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows you best? Um, I would love to say my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think she knows me best. Mm-hmm. Favorite subject in school? My favorite subject in school was geography. Geography, nice. Favorite childhood memory? This was uh, didn't happen to me, but it happened to my brother. But mm-hmm. uh, one day we were playing outside with uh, firecrackers, uh, and uh, it was funny to me. <laughs> favorite memory <laughs> for me because I. Yeah, so what happened? And he put it in a container thing, and and it exploded. So he lost his eyebrows and oh. stuff, and he had to be mummified. Oh no! For a week. So that was. <laughs> I think I'll 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 see it in the spot go so you can actually. <laughs> you can hear that one. For me, that was that was funny. For you, think, it was yes. <laughs> I think I was about twelve, and he was ten. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not his favorite childhood yeah. memory. <laughs> yeah, me witnessing that was funny. That's brotherly love for you. Yeah. <laughs> favorite food. Favorite food, uh, pastas. I like pastas. Mm. Favorite drink. Beer. The German beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can see Amber Weiss. That's it. <laughs> Win the lottery or perfect job. A uh, perfect job. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Biggest fear. Ah, uh, fear of. Um, Fear of rejection, I think, is a fear of most people. Okay. <laughs> Just, uh... hmm. Favorite sport? Uh, I love cricket, and I so I play soccer and cricket. So, uh, favorite sport to play is cricket and soccer, and to watch is soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your team? Arsenal. That's my that's my middle son's team. Yeah, yeah that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Are you a morning or a night person? Morning. Proudest moment. Proudest moment, uh, the birth of my two boys. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Uh, <laughs> I would say maybe a six or a seven. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, dream car. Dream car, the Ford Mustang GT. I oh, love nice. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite color? Red. Red. It was something to read on at any point in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hence Arsenal, shall I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apple or Android? Uh, Android. What's your star sign? Gemini. Which? Ooh. ooh. You yeah. got two sides? Two sides. Two sides for every. Everyone has two sides. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Very true. Well, that's it for me. So um, is there anything else that you would like to, to finish up with? No, thanks for, for having me on the on your podcast, Peter. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I just hope that uh, someone could pick out something from this conversation mm. one day and say, you know what, this was actually this was a good podcast. So I don't think I have anything else to say. And mm. uh, yeah, just thanks again. And uh, yeah, definitely see um, the industry still growing and yep. um, going in the right direction. But mm. uh, yeah, I I have faith in surveyors and I've, I always say that I've never met a boring surveyor or, 
every survey I've met has been has been some quirk or <laughs> has been something. <laughs> yeah, there's been something about time. <laughs> so, agree. Uh, I agree. I think it's a good profession. So uh, all the youngsters uh, don't discredit survey and you have definitely a good experience or a good career to pursue one day. Yeah. Awesome. All right, on that note, thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Defining Boundaries. Please make sure to subscribe to my podcast channels, like and share my episodes. You can find me at Defining Boundaries or Survey Geek Girl on Instagram, Peter Cox on LinkedIn and at my website, petercox.com. Keep listening and keep on surveying. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.